episode of The Spicy Life. I am your host and relationship expert, Spicy Mari, and today in the G-Spot for a very tantalizing, fulfilling, and exciting show, we have the amazing, the beautiful, Kanita Bourne. The crowd goes wild. (laughs) I'm so excited to be back, so happy to have this amazing woman in the chair right now and on the show. I'm going to give you a little bit of background about her, what makes her so phenomenal. So, Kanita Bourne is a licensed clinical social worker with over 20 years of experience working with people. Kanita has always marched to the beat of her own drum and has mastered the art of being completely herself without apology. Because this is her reality over time, her passion has become aiding individuals live their life authentically and unapologetically. Throughout her career, Kanita has worked with a variety of populations, including children, adolescents, transitional-aged youth, adults, families, and postpartum mothers. She has helped them overcome joy-threatening obstacles such as sexual and physical abuse, anxiety, trauma, divorce, negative reactions to teen pregnancy, sexual exploration, identity, depression, self-harm, bullying, school problems, relationship challenges, and psychosis, to name a few. Kanita lives by the motto, life is too short to be unhappy. She knows that achieving true joy is not always easy, but the journey is worth it. Kanita believes that therapy is often a full body experience. Mm, she's eclectic in her approach and believes that one of her superpowers is understanding what people need and meeting them where they are and they need to do the work. Okay, Kanita, amazing, phenomenal G-spot profile as always. Listen, that makes me sound <laughs> so amazing. Right? Don't you love hearing uh, oh my goodness, when people read your bio? You're like, wait, yes, I forgot great. how dope I am. Right? <laughs> Well, on today's episode, we're super excited to have you because this is a part of your expertise Mm -hmm. and I brought you in so that we can talk about how to forgive our parents for messing us up, right? Because we both work with a lot of clients. We uh, even have friends, family, lovers that we come into contact with, and you can see and feel energetically when someone has maybe some childhood trauma or some, you know, even unconscious things that are going on, you know, with them and their relatives or, you know, that has like stayed over time. Some of it is even subconscious. It never comes to light, but Mm -hmm. that's what they have you for. And today's episode, we're going to talk about that. But but first, you have to bring some of your truth to the light. And so you're going to give us a little bit of SPICY, self-passion, intimacy, communication, and learning to say yes. So you have to tell us, when did you first fall in love with yourself? Um, so that one is kind of easy. I have always been in love with myself. You know, I'm not going to lie and say that it's always at the same level. Mm -hmm. I do have ebb and flows, but I've just kind of always looked in the mirror and looked at myself and said, Kanita, you're super dope. And that's one thing my parents did well, you know, kind of reinforcing, Kanita, you're smart. You're awesome. You can do anything you want. And I just ran with that. So I've kind of always been in love with You believe them. I did. Right. And that's sometimes tough, too, when your parents try to tell you that or instill that in you and Mm -hmm. you decide not to believe them. Like, you're going to reject that. And it's the truth. Yeah. But that's, you know, it's part of why we have some of these challenges as we become adults. But you're going to help us through that. Now you have to tell us, how did you discover your life's passion? My life's passion. I think my life's passion is still a work in progress. Um, I love people. I love people. I love helping with and working with people. I grew up in New York. 
Um, one, oh, so we're going to hear that East Coast come you out. You know, sometimes when I say <laughs> things like coffee, it's like, oh, oh she is Co-op. from New York. <laughs> right? Um, so I grew up in New York and I, I took the subway to school and I constantly saw, you know, homeless people on the mm-hmm. subway and it just kind of, um, it did something to me mm-hmm. physically. I'm like, you know, why are all of these people suffering? And my mom is very much a helper as well. So I grew up in the hospital too, in the hospital where she worked. Mm-hmm. And, and that just kind of drove me to want to help people. I didn't always know how I wanted to help them, but I knew I always wanted to help people. So, And you're helping people. And, and I'm helping people. <laughs> every day, every second. Some, sometimes even when they don't want it. Right. I saw, I saw you on the phone earlier telling someone about themselves. Oh, my, my sister. <laughs> Sister's getting help. See? Man. <laughs> okay, you have to give us the eye for intimacy. What is your biggest turn on? Oof. Come on, get That's vulnerable with us right what now. What is my biggest turn on? Um, my safe answer is I'm a sapiosexual. Mm. So any man that can get me thinking, I am dripping wet for Huddy it. Huddy in his I'm arms. I'm here for it all. Um, so that's my safe answer. My, I want the naughty um, one. You already know. Give me the spicy right? one. <laughs> the spicy one. What is my biggest turn on? This is kind of safe too, but it's true. A man with like confidence, like almost that cocky kind of confidence who will see you across the room and just kind of walk up to you and just grab you. you. Right. But I mean, not in an abusive way. (laughs) In a sexual, in a nice sensual sensual way. way, Right. Someone has some fetishes we're going to find out about later. Well, hello. Hi. (laughs) And then if he can dance too. Oh Lord. So you like the dancing. Why do you like the dancing? You know, so I'm Caribbean. My mom is from Jamaica. My dad is from Barbados. Shout out to Jamaicans. My hubby. Listen, so if you have that, you know, that that wine in your waist, yes. oh my goodness, it's just very passionate. Because it makes you think about... You know, they say, I mean, can I curse on here? Yes. You know, because there's a song that says, if you can dance, you can fuck. Mm-hmm. So... That means you believe that. Hello, hi. <laughs> <laughs> We get the we get some of the naughtiness. I'm just saying, yes. it's, it's it's usually right on right on point. So if you could dance, how that do you think that you can teach men to dance? Um, oof. If you get my drift, you can <laughs> you you can, but you have to you have to be patient and you have to teach them in a way that they can receive it. Yes, that part. Um, and that's sometimes fun too. <laughs> See, <laughs> I love that we're already being open. <laughs> Okay, now we have to go into C for communication. Mm. What is the best compliment that anyone has ever told you? The best compliment. Okay, so <laughs> the best compliment I've ever gotten was that my butt is getting bigger. Oh. <laughs> and you're like, thank you. Listen, I have the tiniest butt ever. No, your butt actually looks nice. I saw that earlier. What? Yes. yes. See, here it is. I'm here for it all. You've been doing the squats? What I've been, you been doing? doing all of the things. I've been doing the weighted squats. I've been doing the, you know, when you, the kickbacks. The kicks, whatever. Donkey I'm, kicks. I'm working. Like, my sister literally stole all the, all the booty. Like, it's ridiculous. And I'm like, I can't have any of it. So when people tell me my butt is nice, shapely, yes. I'm here for it. Oh, no. It looks good. I saw it earlier. I was Ooh, like, yeah. oh, I didn't even know she had all that. I so, look, you've been well, working hard and it's paying off. I've been <laughs> Thank you for noticing. Yes, I definitely <laughs> noticed. Okay, now you have to tell us uh, why, which is for yes and spicy. You got to share a time that you conquered a fear. When did you stop saying no? You conquered a fear and said yes. Ooh, when did I conquer a fear? Oh, so I think I've spoken to you about this before, but I recently adjacent, maybe at this point six months ago, I did an underwater photo shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a huge, huge fear. Um, I'm terrified of water. 
you know, I I am a walking stereotype that black people don't swim. <laughs> <laughs> because I do not swim, but that also comes from trauma. When I was about five, my uncle drowned. Um, maybe when I was eight, my sister tried to teach me to swim, mm. came down a huge slide in like a eight foot pool and she was off with her friends. So nobody was there to catch me. So trauma surrounded water. Oh, no. um, but I did an underwater photo shoot in a pool where I could not, like I was all the way You in. were submerged I was underwater. absolutely submerged. And that was one of the best things that I've ever done because I, I usually live my life fearlessly. Mm -hmm. And this was one fear that I'm like, listen, I cannot continue to, to let this control me. Yeah. Um, so I did it. And the pictures are kind of cute. Too. You're like, and I kind of look amazing. A little bit. I kind of water do. works for me, right? <laughs> like, oh, I'm water. Water is a great compliment <laughs> to me. Okay, so you just explained to us how you conquered one of your fears, though, yeah. which is the perfect transition into <laughs> today's episode of our parents jacked us up. Now what? So you're gonna give us a little bit of amazing and wonderful, beautiful advice on what we do when starts stuff, we're going to call it just stuff, mm -hmm. starts to come up for us and we don't know or even aren't aware that maybe it's coming from our childhood and our parents. Mm -hmm. What do we do? Um, short answer, go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Spicy tip right there. <laughs> that is the absolute short answer. But the, the longer answer is you have to do some digging, right? Um, I think everybody at this point in life has seen the Titanic, mm -hmm. right? And the whole premise of the Titanic is they crashed into this um, seemingly small glacier yep. and the whole boat was ruined. But it's not the small glacier that was on top of the water that caused the accident. Right. It was this big, huge glacier under the water, the root of the problem, mm -hmm. right? So you have to truly dig down to the root of the problem. And the way you do that is you, you sit with your feelings. Right. If you're if you continue to have these relationships where the same issues come up, yeah. you want to say to yourself, OK, when did this start? And if you start thinking about it, it'll go back to yeah. something that happened in your childhood. Um, but yes. people are uncomfortable with expressing their feelings. Mm -hmm. Right. What if you are dealing with a partner yes. that may not have the ability to articulate their emotions, not okay. even the capacity and they may not have the highest level of emotional awareness oh, or intelligence. But then what do you do as a partner? Do we give up on them? Huh? Are you married? <laughs> <laughs> because. I have trained my husband. <laughs> Don't worry about me. But because. like, yeah, if, if, if they're dating someone, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you are seeing someone and you're like, oh, they're not introspective enough or, you know, they're not, uh, you know, communicating with me enough. Of, you know, I don't feel the intimacy growing. Yeah. Do you give up on them or do you believe that you can help the person? Okay, so that's a that's a loaded question. Um, sometimes you need to give up on people. Mm -hmm. Do I believe that you can help the person? Absolutely. I think the way you do that is you have to be totally above board. That part. Yeah, you have to be extremely in tune with your emotions you have to set firm boundaries and you have to tell people how to treat you right and once you do all of those things they're either going to follow suit mm -hmm. they're going to figure it out or they themselves are going host to hostile themselves from right. the relationship right absolutely so it's like okay well what what's the problem you know what what i like 
is when my partner communicates with me in X, Y, Z, A, B, C. And I love to do, I feel blank when. You right. know, that's a whole therapy tool, right? <laughs> like, I feel neglected when you don't tell me what's going on with you kind of thing. And they, you, they'll decide, are they going to start sharing their feelings with you or not? Or they might even say, you know what? I'm uncomfortable with my feelings. I don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Can you help me? Can you help me figure out how to get help with this? And that's somebody you can work with. But if this person is just like, I don't deal with feelings. Nobody has time Hasta for that. Vista. Yeah. You got to go. And it, go. it does make a lot of people, though, uncomfortable to have to share. But it makes a lot of people uncomfortable to even initiate that, right? Because mm-hmm. we want everybody to come prepackaged equipped, ready to go, make us feel safe so that we can be vulnerable. However, one thing that I definitely try to, when I'm working with my clients, Mm -hmm. is letting them know that they may have to lead in the vulnerability department. Someone may not be naturally just, everybody gets to be let in, you know, automatically feel safe. Mm -hmm. It's a, you know, interactive experience and someone has to start. Is it going to be you? (laughs) I mean, and, and it's true too. Someone has to start A number one and B number two. When people start too soon, that's also a red flag. Yes, that part. So speak to that. When people tar- start too soon, when is it too soon Oof. to start being emotionally available or vulnerable and sharing? So every relationship is different. But if you've been talking, right? Yeah. Do we still use those terms like hanging out, <laughs> talking? I don't know. I'm old school. But We're talking. Yeah. <laughs> but I like if, you're, right? if you're just talking to somebody... And you're also talking to a couple of different people. They're mm-hmm. talking to a couple of different people. You you kind of don't want this person to share all their intimate life issues and secrets with you because that's a little bit strange, right? You, you do want to get to know them just enough to say, maybe I can commit loosely <laughs> to this person. But when they're just like, we met yesterday and, oh, yeah, when I was a kid, my mom used to hold up a second, right? Unless it's relevant to maybe something that you saw or something that you're talking about in that exact moment. But if it's just arbitrary out of nowhere, oh yeah, my last girlfriend, she did. No, you're doing too much right now. I don't even know your middle name. That part. Right? Um, So how soon is too soon? I would say I'm, I'm older. I'm older, so I don't have time to waste time. So this is a time thing? Um... It's not necessarily a time thing as much as it is an intention thing. There you right? go. Intention. What is your intention with this person? What is your intention with this person? And I tell, I, I, I don't necessarily want to say I train people up front, but I do. I'm very transparent. It's like, okay, well, what am I doing with you? I'm, am I just having fun with you over here? Or am I trying to see if we can have something real? And if I'm trying to see if we can have something real, I'm very clear, okay, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. This is what I expect. This is what I don't expect. You do it with that, whatever you want to do with it. And don't you find that it's easier for them to deliver on their capacity or if they're, if they're capable, if they know what the expectations are Absolutely. and you set those parameters early on oh, versus yeah. like creating invisible lines mm-hmm. and they potentially like fall over it and cross it? Yeah. <laughs> because if, they, I mean, if they don't know, how will you know? Right. Right. Um, and, and we, we expect that people read our... We think everybody is psychic. Why? Why do we think that? <laughs> Why know. do we think that they just know that they should be doing this or behaving this way to satisfy our needs? It's, you know, I, I think a, most of us are, have a little bit of narcissism. 
And they truly, and we truly believe, I don't even want to say they, because sometimes I do it even with my advanced education and degree in, in relationships and in people. But sometimes we just think everybody thinks like us, mm-hmm. right? Because the way we think is right, obviously, or we wouldn't think that way, right? <laughs> <laughs> it must be. It must be. <laughs> right? But but it actually is really de- debilitating to think that everybody thinks like us. If you tell people, hey, this is what I think, this is what I feel, they get to turn around and say, oh, shoot, because I was thinking and I was feeling this. Right. And maybe they might teach you something. Right. But you have to, I have to be very clear up front and say, listen, I don't, I'm not sure how you usually handle a situation, but this is what I like to do. And it works. Question. Yes. Because this is an episode about parenting Mm. and how we heal from some of those things that we may not have gotten or we're not aware of happened Mm -hmm. to us when in our adolescence Mm -hmm. what or how can you start to learn that skill set though outside of therapy right Mm -hmm. if your parents did not teach you how to have effective communication and Mm -hmm. express yourself when you were younger because we usually grow up in households that are like children should be seen and not heard or you know you're going to eat whatever I feed you versus, you know, what would you like? How does this make you feel? What mm-hmm. do you think about this punishment? Do you think that it's wrongful that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm deciding to send you to your room? What would you prefer instead? Those conversations usually aren't happening. Yeah. So then as an adult now, we're expected to be in a relationship with someone and be able to articulate mm-hmm. what we mean, what we feel, what yeah. we want. How do we grow that skill set if it's not, if it wasn't given to us in our childhood? Absolutely. First of all, this is 2020, right? There are books books there are podcasts podcasts hello the spicy life (laughs) right (laughs) seriously right like there are people out there who we just have conversations with and truth be told everybody has relationships you might not have a romantic relationship that you're proud of at this time Mm -hmm. but you have a relationship maybe you have a relationship with a platonic friend or maybe with a boss but you learn these things in these relationships. Mm-hmm. So you have to pay attention that, to that as well because some of those skills are transferable. Yep, exactly. But, um, Agree wholeheartedly with that. And I, I, love, I love when I talk to people about reading books. Crucial Conversations is actually one of my favorites. Um, and you just talked about conversations. That is a book that actually trains people how to have <laughs> crucial conversations. Crucial conversations. It's right, you know, it's right in the, in the title of the book. I love when people say, oh, I don't read. I just had a client tell me that. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to send you the audible. Well, but- first of all, I mean, <laughs> one, we can get again. around that, but you're getting this information. Yeah, but, but I, I I cannot fathom people who don't want to- Absorb information. Absorb information because it's all there, right? Um, another really, really good book, um, The Game of Desire. Mm. Oh my goodness. Like when I read this book, this girl, she- Honestly, Lord, I don't, I can't believe I'm going to say this right now. Go ahead, say it, let it out. If you read this book and you're looking to, to change yourself, mm-hmm. you probably don't even need to go to therapy if you actually wow, follow. Wow, that's an amazing compliment. It's so true because she talks about attachment styles. She talks about um, love languages. Yes. She talks about all of these things that if you have a good therapist, they're going to go through all of right. these things with you. And not only does she talk about it, she gives you workbooks. Right. Yes, shout out to, because we actually had um, Shan in the studio. Did I interviewed you? her. Yes. <laughs> so shout out to Shan because she did an amazing job of like uh, 
getting majority of like the oh the assessments yes. that you know we learn in therapy and mm-hmm. that we you know teach our clients and put them in one and she broke it down in a way that was easy to digest in how you can figure out these things you know your love language and like All these things it. quickly yes she, like that that book everything <laughs> but the person doesn't read they may not get the book then what do they do so again you listen to a podcast you listen to the audible but Oof, again, as a therapist, this sounds horrible to say. You might be a lost cause. <laughs> okay, so if, <laughs> so if you're not reading, if you're not listening to podcasts, if you're not going to therapy or hiring a coach, if you aren't practicing consistently healthy and effective communication with lovers, your boss, friends, mm-hmm. family, then Kanita's telling us that you're hopeless. Because <laughs> I, I am, and it sounds Because there's harsh. too many ways out there to practice, too much information to absorb and get. So why are you in a deficit? Why are you, you know, unable all, to articulate yourself? All that translates to is you are married to who you are in this moment. And stuck in your ways. And you are not interested in change. And without change, nobody becomes better. Yeah. Right? You actually become worse. Because everybody around you is becoming better and you are stagnant. Oh, my gosh. Yes. In 2020, if you aren't working on Mm self-growth, and that is one of the questions that actually ask, you know, make sure that my clients have learned to ask the person who I send them on a date with is, Mm -hmm. what do you do for self-growth? Because if they're like, well, I don't read, I don't listen to audio, I don't even meditate, I don't do, I just go to work. Mm -hmm. So... You're going to be here. Yes. In 10 years. <laughs> right. In five years, in 20 years, you're going to be in the same space and everybody is going to surpass you and you're going to be looking around like, where did everybody go? You're going to be behind the curve. All the, all <laughs> the way behind. And to, especially when it comes to love and having healthy relationships, mm-hmm. we date our, our level of consciousness. We yes. love at our level of consciousness. So if you are at a low capacity and aren't able to comprehend necessarily mm-hmm you know, and elevate yourself, you are going to have to date only what you can attract, only what is willing to work with you. Because the higher, you know, EQ, Mm -hmm. they're not going to want to be with somebody who has a lower EQ. That's just the way that it is. And so you're either going to be unhappy and alone. (laughs) We're trying to encourage you guys to like really get the help. (laughs) Because I don't think we take that seriously enough sometimes. And I mean, and it could be as simple as asking a friend, hey, You've been around for my last couple relationships. What do you think I could have done differently? That is such a simple question. An easy question. But you have to be able to receive the information that people give you back. And some sometimes we don't want to receive it because we want to say, oh no. We're not comfortable with that. Right. Criticism. That was, mm-hmm. It was it was the the girl or the guy or the whoever I was with that they were the problem. No, again, not true because we all have a part to play yeah. in in all relationships that go wrong. We do. And you got to take accountability for that. You have to. And learn, learn. Every relationship may not necessarily have been uh, a mistake or something that you should even regret. Every relationship, whether it's toxic or healthy, you have to be able to look at it and say, what did I learn from this? And how am I going to become a better person? What different choices am I going to make in the next relationship? What different behaviors am I going to demonstrate? What am I going to do for myself in the process before the next relationship to yeah. make sure I'm prepared for the relationship that I do want? Mm-hmm. They're going to listen to the Spicy Life podcast and go to Kanita for help. <laughs> <laughs> okay, give me some of the signs when you're dating someone, though, that we should be looking out for when they have mommy or daddy issues. Oof. 
What are some um, of the telltale red flags? Telltale red flags. When people say, well, that's how I always have done it. Um, when, usually this is men, but it, it can be women sometimes when they have this like, how do I say it? Um, they are, again, married to gender roles. Mm. Married to gender roles, like specifically, well, you need to come cook. You need to make sure you cook for me or you need to do the dishes. What do you mean you're going out with friends? Like that's a little bit of indicative of mommy, daddy issues. Um, when men usually, mm-hmm. again, cannot have healthy relationships with other men, mm-hmm. indicative a lot of the times of daddy issues. Um, when people cannot have relationships with females, healthy relationships with mm. females, I even mean platonic, indicative of mommy issues. Oh, wow. I actually encourage when people tell me like, oh, I don't let my man have male friends. When they tell me that, I mean, um, female friends. Like, mm-hmm. I won't let them be friends with the opposite sex. Yeah. I'm like, but they should that. be able to have healthy platonic relationships mm-hmm. with the opposite sex without having to have sex with them. Yeah. There's a problem if he can't be friends with someone yes. without having sex with them. So, and, <laughs> so usually when women say that, or it could be men if they're, if they're in a relationship with a man, when people say that, I don't allow my partner, if they're a man, to have female friends, that's usually an indicative of you have issues. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That part. It's internal. <laughs> right? Because you truly believe that people are out here just sleeping with everybody Mm -hmm. and sometimes people just are friends like and that's okay every and just because I have a male friend don't even mean I'm attracted to that person in that way I do think that the yes that we should make it clear that the attraction isn't there (laughs) like make your partner feel secure Mm -hmm. but also too if the person's not bringing them around you, if that is a true friend, mm-hmm. they should be allowed in your space. Yes. If that is someone's friend, you should be inviting them out, mm-hmm. you know, holding things. It should be a mutual friend, right? Mm-hmm. You may not like every single person that your partner yeah. brings around, but whether it's a man or a woman or vice versa, um, you should make an effort to meet their friends. And oh, they absolutely. should make an effort to introduce you. Yeah. Well, and, and kind of early, again, I'm, I'm older. I want to know who you're spending the most of your Thank time. Thank you. Who is influencing time, you? Right? Because what do they say? The the people, the five people that we spend the, the majority of our time with are a reflection of who we are as people. Mm-hmm. So you maybe you have become very good over the years masking who you are. Mm. Right? So I meet you. I'm like, oh, this guy is amazing. <laughs> He's great. I'm ready. Right? Get it. But then I meet your five best friends. And I say, okay, so Henry over here is... Cheating on his wife. Billy over here hasn't worked in 12 years. You know, and then the other three, I don't know. How great are you? Question then, since you just brought up a hot button, because there's a lot of people who are listening to this, and mm-hmm. they're going to be like, hmm, my boyfriend or the guy I'm dating hangs out with someone who is going through a divorce or who did cheat mm-hmm. or vice versa. You know, my girl has someone who, you know, whose friend, you know, is hoeing around. Yeah. Should we be judging our partner on that, though? Because it's a it's a fine line between mm-hmm. your friends being a reflection of you mm-hmm. and at the same time us being loyal based off of time or, you know, having, like, mm-hmm. these close relationships and we don't want to abandon them because they're a part of our identity. Oof. Oh, okay. Well, how do I want to answer that? Um, no, I don't think we should judge people based on this. How? Because tr- people make mistakes, mm-hmm. right? 
And just because someone is getting a divorce doesn't mean that they're a bad person. Mm -hmm. Just because someone has cheated doesn't mean that they're a bad person. Mm -hmm. What I'm talking about is someone who every chance they get, they're sleeping with whoever is available. <laughs> right? Because that's, that's very different from... Right a person who has had a slip up. Mm -hmm. That's also very different from somebody who is in maybe an open relationship, right? Maybe that's not something that you might be comfortable with, but if them and their partner have an understanding, yeah. hey, why not? You like it, I love it. But if you are surrounding yourself with, with people who are just like inherently... Dishonest. Dishonest, <laughs> inherently stagnant. This is what I'm talking what, about. What about them are you attracted to? What about right. them are you attracted to? And, and I'm that, so though. sorry. I'm very loyal. However, just because we've been friends for 25 years does not mean we need to continue to be friends at the level that you are one of my type, top five people. Mm -hmm. Because, again, I truly am I'm married to the law of attraction. I'm married to whatever you surround yourself right. with. It is. It permeates you as a person. So why do I want to surround myself with somebody who's constantly dishonest? I'm I'm gonna become dishonest. I am. That part, because someone's personality is gonna be more influential. You don't wanna be the person who winds up losing that fight. No. <laughs> Especially not. if they're dishonest. Like that is gonna, you know, because it's easier to no. be bad than it is to be good. It, it oh <laughs> hella high. It is so easy to be bad. I try hard to be good. Oh my god, so no, good is work. <laughs> Right? It like, is. having morals is work. It I'm is like, damn, so why did I have work. to be a child of God? <laughs> Do you know? Do you know what I would be getting myself into if I wasn't? Oh, I, I say that about six times a day. I'm serious. It's only because of God that I am as moral as I am. Right. Because... Some of, some of the things I think about wanting to do, I'm like, ooh, Kanita, <laughs> Lord help us all. Because... <laughs> Okay, so yeah, she's. We're gonna take you out of Sorry. that imagination right now. Whoever you were just bring, with, bring like, back. we're gonna bring, we gonna bring her right back really quick. But okay, really quick, mm -hmm. how do we forgive someone who hasn't asked for forgiveness? You just do it because forgiveness is about you. It's not about anybody else. What about when it's with our parents, though? We want to heal the relationship with our parents mm -hmm. because we know that they're a part of why we're having struggles mm -hmm. dating in relationships, but. Mommy and daddy aren't trying to hear us or men's because they are stuck in their ways mm -hmm. and they think they did either a great job or don't want to acknowledge the shame of what it would look like if yeah. they didn't do a great job. Mm -hmm. How do we forgive and heal that relationship anyways? So, well, first of all, again, I think it goes back to you doing the work because if you don't change, if we don't change individually, nothing around us changes. So we do the work so we can change so that we can be an example of what a healthy relationship, yeah. healthy communication looks like. And then we start utilizing those skills. Mm -hmm. And we utilize them with our parents. Our parents are going to look around like, ooh, Kenita, you didn't always talk like this. You didn't always do this. You don't start with the hell. Hey, let me tell you how you messed me up. <laughs> nobody, let me tell you what you've been doing man, wrong in nobody life. Nobody <laughs> is going to be responsive to that at all. It's like, wait, excuse me? I also am a firm believer that people do the best that they can. Yep. And when I say that people struggle with it, well, my mom beat me. Well, my dad did this. My dad sexually abused me. I am still a firm believer that people do the best that they can with what they have. Mm -hmm. Right? 
So if your mom beat you, your dad sexually abused you, your dad was emotionally unavailable, your mom, whatever, what did their life look like Mm -hmm. growing up? People usually do what they know, and they are usually just a little bit better than how they had it. Yeah. So could you imagine? I mean, that's the goal, at least, like, to do better than your parents. Yeah, but and and uh, most of the time, that's what happens. So mm-hmm. if your parent was really that horrible, imagine what their situation was like growing up. Right. Right? And I think when, you, when you're able to develop a little bit of that empathy, yeah. right? Like, if they did this to me, man, I feel sorry for whatever happened to them to get them to this place. And I and and sometimes it, it's a conversation, and you just have to say thank you to the parents. Thank you for doing the best that you could with me. Um, I appreciate that you tried. Um, now that I've learned some things, <laughs> right? How how do you feel about me teaching you some of the things that I've learned? That sounds a lot better than when I was growing up. You were, yeah, you jacked me you up. Were an, a-hole. No, that does. And it sounds like you are, you know, of course, giving the like affirmation and compliments first mm-hmm. and then like in a nice kind way packing on there. Like, can we work through this together? Yeah. Yeah. That, that actually is a great method in the mm-hmm. communication so that that way they don't feel as if you're like instantly going in on them because parents mm-hmm. get defensive, right? Oh, yes. My mom said to me a few years ago, I said something to her. I'm, I'm an, I love my mom. She is so cool. Like, I hope you love your mom. Well, I mean, <laughs> so let me say this. Shout out to Candida's mama. Okay. So I, I not only love my mom, but I actually like her too. And I think that that's very important. That is extremely um, important. Because we can love people and not like them one iota. But I love my mom and I like my mom. But I said something to her a few years ago. Don't ask me what it was. I have no idea. And she said, that hurt my feelings. Hmm. I was like, what? (laughs) And it never dawned on me that my mother had feelings. (laughs) Right? And I know that sounds insane. (laughs) You're like, the way you tear into me and you want to have a heart? (laughs) Well, I mean, because parents are just parents, right? right? They're they're the people who take care of us. They, They this is their job to do these things. But it never truly dawned on me that the and I was an adult at this time, right? that the things that I do, the things that I say could possibly hurt this person's feelings, this mm-hmm. person that I care about. So I, I'm i very introspective. So I, I did some digging back into my life. Like, what else have I done in my life yeah. to hurt this person's feelings? What else have I done in my life that made this individual reactive, which maybe contributed to some issues that we've had? Mm-hmm. Which goes it's back to my, sta- my statement of we contribute to whatever negative relationship we have. We might not be aware because maybe we're too young to be aware or we're just super oblivious. But when we start thinking about it, what did I contribute? How did I contribute to this negative relationship? Yeah. Um, I don't even remember what you asked me. (laughs) (laughs) It it started with the forgiveness of parents, but Mm. everything that you're giving is like amazing tools that we can be using to Mm. heal that relationship. And just have a more effective communication with our parents. When you are dating someone or you're interested in someone, mm-hmm. should we be, because you mentioned earlier, like moving too fast or, you know, being too vulnerable too mm-hmm. soon. But before we decide to even emotionally commit to someone, should we be kind of asking to meet the parents and kind of see what you're a product from? <laughs> Don't you think it'll give a little insight it'll, into what you're signing up for? It'll give a lot of insight. Dear God. So my mom... My parents, my parents didn't meet 
Well, my dad has, I don't think he's ever met my mother's mother. Right? Yeah. My paternal grandmother lived with us for a little bit when I was growing up. Hopefully my parents never hear this. My good, <laughs> hopefully my dad never hears this. My mother has said a number of different times, if I met your dad's family before we got married, I would have never married him. Mm. And that is so powerful to me because... She would have known what she was signing she up for. She would have known what she was signing up for. And he is truly a reflection of his family of origin. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to get too much into that. But, <laughs> but truly... This turned into therapy with Kanita right now. Okay, hey, so how does that make you feel? Listen, <laughs> and, and you know what? It actually makes me very conscious, very aware of mm-hmm. the type of men that I date. Because... Yeah. Um, <laughs> we gonna leave that right there. But I do I do think that you should meet people's parents. And and I know people get a little yeah. weirded out. They want to act like that's like high level. Yeah. And but it's I'm desensitized from it. Like before my husband, every single ho, schmo, every single I brought everybody to my mom. Mm-hmm. Like that but I didn't hold that on a pedestal yeah. because mom was part of the screening process also. Yeah. And so I'm like, if you can't handle her, then like, what are we doing? You're definitely not gonna be able to handle me because I'm yeah. the, her child so <laughs> like imagine her 2.0 and like on, you know on right. a whole other level when it comes to like capability but I, I think it's because of historically how people have dated right because people are what we want to call hoeing around or they're laughing joking playing with people's emotions they don't want to bring, bring people around their parents because then this means it's serious mm-hmm. but if you just make it like a, a random Sunday barbecue. Right. And that's what we do. Oh, hey, I'm go, about to go hang out with my family. Just come through. It doesn't have to be a thing, right? Nobody is sitting here asking you, well, what are your intentions with my daughter? Right. And if they, and if they are asking, they're asking they're in like, a way that's... our first date? No. <laughs> Listen, what movie was that? There was some movie I watched recently when this guy bought the woman around his parents for the first date. And I said, you know what? I'm here for it. I'm not afraid of it. I'm no. like, bring it on. But I mean, and sometimes it's not even about the person that you're dating. It's about your embarrassment of your of your family. Like, mm-hmm. you don't want people to know what's going on in, in your situation. Right, because if they so saw insight into that, they may think twice about you. But to me, you need to know the You person. absolutely do. But we hold it on such a traditional mm-hmm. pedestal that, and, and sometimes you're even dating someone where you don't know if what, their parents meet to them mm-hmm. means the same thing as you, mm-hmm. even when it comes to like, so the meeting portion, right? Yeah. I have heard people before and have even had clients that have expressed me. I can't believe it didn't work out. Like I thought we were going to be together forever. We we're so close. And he introduced me to his parents mm-hmm. or, you know, the guy was yeah. like, and she introduced me to her mom. It must mean something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, does it mean something to them? Like, did they tell you that it meant something <laughs> or is that your assessment or yep. interpretation? Because if they didn't tell you that it meant something, that's, this yep. is a thought that you're having on your own. On your own. We but don't know we, who she had over there last week. We like to, <laughs> we love to add value to things. Right. Right? We absolutely love to add value. Again, narcissism. Because this is important to me, it has to be important. Must be important to, to them. you. Mm-hmm. Rather than just being um, what we in therapy like to be, to call being curious about something. Mm-hmm. Right? You can curiously say, oh, hey, you want me to meet your mom? What's that about? And let them tell you, oh, nothing. Every whole Joe Schmo right. I bring to me, okay, cool. Then you know it's nothing. Or if they're like, oh, yeah, you know, 
I really think I want to ask you to marry me tomorrow. I want you to be my mom. Then you get to be like, oh, Wait, this is the first date? Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you but you ask questions like, what does this mean? What do we, what what is hey, hanging out with your mom mean? What does meeting your friends mean? Right? Oh, you don't what want does me? That, yes. What meeting your friends, mean? what does that mean? Even what does inviting me to a wedding mean? What does that like, mean? Because some people will interpret that as, oh, yeah, we're so much we're more serious, and really, they just needed a date. Cause hello, and you're fun, <laughs> and you're fun. Like that's a good, you're fun. <laughs> the other person, uh, they couldn't. They had to work. No, right? <laughs> you were my third choice. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna dive a little bit deeper in the parent conversation. Yes. You, I, I want you to elaborate on. I know what it means, or that we should be having the communication mm-hmm. about what the parent means, you know, when you meet them. But talk to me about how your parent, without you even knowing, influences your decision when it comes to choosing a partner. So, oof, years ago, I probably was 19 at the time. I read this book. I don't know what it was called, but <laughs> I have no idea. Love that book. Um, right? It was amazing. <laughs> um, but it talks about the radio station that we're tuned to. Mm-hmm. And Love this already. And and they explain that we only attract people that are tuned to the same radio station. Correct. That's absolutely true. And we are typically tuned to the radio station because of the input that we receive. Yep. Right? And we receive this input because of our, our family of origin. And it goes back to the to the glacier. Things are deep-rooted. And whatever is in the root in that is going to come up. You don't even know about Man. It. Yeah. Right? It comes out to the surface. And you're like, oh, I'm an iceberg? Mm-hmm. How did I become an iceberg? Yeah, because your roots are icebergs. <laughs> <laughs> right? So when you when you have these communication issues or even the way you love people, mm-hmm. right? Um, which is why I absolutely love the five love languages. Yes. Because sometimes we don't even understand why I'm, why I'm so touchy. Right. Right? But if we, again, yeah. sit back and think, oh, my parent touched me all They're the time. extremely affectionate, yeah. Right? Or why am I uncomfortable with gifts? Maybe every time you got a gift was right before your dad sexually abused you, right? But again, yeah. you have to really sit back and say, okay, what does this mean to me? And where does this come from? But, yeah. but you have to be curious, about your, curious enough about yourself to ask these questions. Um, so, so, so everything... There are so many things that are subconscious. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like journaling because when people journal, they get to see their patterns, mm-hmm. right? So I had a, this relationship. It didn't work out. I had this other relationship. It didn't work out. And again, it doesn't have to be romantic. It could just be platonic, mm-hmm. right? But you have all these platonic friends leaving you or all these platonic friends saying, you know, I don't know if we can be friends anymore because I'm always reaching out to you. Yeah. You're not even... Reciprocating, mm-hmm. right? Um, you want to be journaling. You want to figure out, okay, well, why am I not reaching out to people? Why am I not? Where does that come from? Where does yeah. that come from? You'll figure it out yeah. if you do the work, but you have to be curious enough about yourself to do the work as opposed to be being this person that's, well, that's just how I am. And if you want to make better choices in a partner mm-hmm. than your parents did, because mm-hmm. earlier you mentioned like, Mom may have not have, you know, ended up with dad had she mm-hmm. met the family. I oftentimes will tell my clients, like, you didn't get to choose your parents. Yep. 
would you have actually chose that father for your mother if mm. you had to say in it, right? Mm. So <laughs> you didn't get to pick their partner. They don't get to pick yours. It is really your responsibility. You have to be held accountable for mm -hmm. it. And I love what you said about the channel um, analogy because that speaks to uh, something that I do with my clients, which is uh, graphing their relationship frequency. Mm. And the frequency is what you're talking about from an energetic standpoint. Their vibration that they're on mm -hmm. is attracting that particular person. Yep because they have a pattern and a history within their family yeah. of this is what relationships look like. This is how my mother was in yep. relationships. This is how my father responded to relationships. This is what their relationship was with me yes. or, you know, family, friends, all of that. You can look at their history and actually see, oh, this is why you're vibrating at this pace. Absolutely. Got it. No wonder you chose that partner. And so, so for me, historically, I've been a magnet for unavailable men. Hmm. So... Where does the unavailable come from? My dad is emotionally unavailable. He's mm. there. He's always been there. I grew up with him in the house. But it's like a void, mm -hmm. right? We'll laugh and joke, but hey, daddy. No, 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 ask your mother. Like he was physically there, but he was not. Emotionally there. He was not emotionally there. So then next question is, if father's not emotionally mm -hmm. available, and you start dating, where do you learn to create emotional intimacy with men from? So luckily, I have had emotional intimacy with men because I have amazing male friends. Friends. Great. Okay. Oh, my goodness. So I know how to do why it. Why we need friends. This is why Don't we be need afraid. friends, right? <laughs> and I, I just realized um, recently that life kind of set this up for me, right? Um, my elementary school, well, elementary for me was first to eighth grade. There were 20 three maybe people in our class, and there were only six females. The rest were males. Oh, wow. So early- It was popping. Hello. What school was this at? <laughs> <laughs> but early on, I was able to develop friendships with male people, mm. um, which taught me to just kind of let them in. I'm not going to lie and say that I didn't struggle <laughs> when I dated, you know, because I, I did really good with my male friendships. Yeah. But as soon as something switched to romance, yeah. I became my mom. Mm. I became my mom. And then I realized, oh, my goodness, this person that I chose out of all the other people who were interested in me is emotionally unavailable because wow. I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. I don't want it. But it's super comfortable with me, for me, and I haven't done the work to be at a place where I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. So I had to do the work to get uncomfortable. I had to do the work to say, okay, well, I know I don't want to tell no man where I'm going or what I'm doing or blah, blah, blah. You know, I got to roll my head. <laughs> the head a couple times, a couple times. Right, because <laughs> that's, that's the... That's what I got growing up, right? It's a it's a learned behavior. It's a learned. You're mirroring the relationship that your mother created with your father, or that your father created with your mother. Absolutely. And we forget that we sometimes we don't even look at am I choosing a partner or even dating in the way that my parents did, or am mm -hmm. I even avoiding certain people because of my parents? Yeah, I mean, and <laughs> so I was subconsciously <laughs> choosing these people who pretty much mirrored my dad mm -hmm. um but but good thing about my mom when um my my relationship in undergrad I came home from school I went to school in Massachusetts so lived in New York she was like New York 
<laughs> Actually, my sister too was like, I don't think he's for you. He's very passive. Um, and you become angry and domineering when you're around this person. Mm. But of course, you don't know what you're talking about. I love him. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right? Because we want to get defensive. You got to get defensive before you sit back and, and really look at what's going on. Um, but I realized when I'm around these type of men, mm-hmm. I don't like myself. Good point right there. Because that's a question that I want the audience to like, listeners, you guys need to reflect on that question. Do you like who you are when you're with the partner or the person that you are dating? Mm-hmm. And I didn't like myself when I was with him. I became, oh my God, I'm not even gonna get into what I became, but it was horrible. And we're, we it sounds are, like you became an asshole. I became an asshole. I became controlling. Mm. I became extremely manipulative. Wow. Oh my goodness. It was disgusting. And he and I are actually really cool now. Um, <laughs> Shout out to forgiveness. Right? He was like, <laughs> oh, you were a hot mess. <laughs> But um, but I had to I had to get comfortable enough to say, Kanita, I don't like who you are when you're this person, mm-hmm. right? I understand why you're this way, right? You're this way because of what you received growing up. But do you have to stay this way? Right. And I didn't have to stay that way, right? My my relationship with men, I became very intentional about not having the same relationship with men that I had with my dad, mm-hmm. right? And when I found somebody being emotionally unavailable, hey, let's have a conversation, right? This is what you're giving me. This is, this is what I need for us to continue to have a relationship. This is what I need for us to continue to work. And if they don't give it to me, okay, well, that was fun. This is not it. But what I'm hearing is that you are communicating needs oh, yes. to break the pattern of what you were doing when you were dating yes. this certain type, this emotionally yeah. unavailable man. I'm communicating needs. I'm I'm setting clear boundaries, clear, clear boundaries. And I'm um I'm not making excuses, right? Because excuses are a thing. Oh, but I really like him. Right. Oh, maybe he's having a bad day. Oh, maybe he's having a bad week. Oh, maybe it's a bad month. <laughs> Maybe it's a bad two months and right. and call it's me back a the way they <laughs> It can't be a bad decade. Right. <laughs> but I but I stopped I stopped making those type of excuses because it's like you have you have to be you have to look at your future. Mm-hmm. When I look at my life in the future, what do I want it to look like? And sometimes we don't know what we want it to look like. We know what we don't want it to look right. like. And then we can start building from there. Right? So Whatever our parents had, I don't want that. Okay, starting point. How do I build maybe the opposite of that? And you go from there, right? And and to me, it's about um, breaking generational patterns as well. Yes, the Bible will call it curses. Yes. But, it's re- <laughs> but it's real. But in our community, we call it generational patterns. It really is real. Like my, I have three nephews and I'm like, and three boys, three black boys that my sister and her husband are raising. And I tell them as much as they will listen, you all have to make sure that your relationship, your communication mm-hmm. is on the up and up because whatever you do is going to teach them how to love. Yeah. It's going to teach them how to love other people. It's going to teach them how to love themselves. You know, you are, you have this responsibility. And they're like, Kanita, you're such a therapist. Yep. 
<laughs> Aren't they blessed? Right? They got lucky. Like, you know, this is free of charge. Hello. <laughs> You're like, I try usually to get them to pay me, okay. <laughs> but they delete my invoices. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I love your family already. Like, we're <laughs> Whatever man inherits that. this family. <laughs> oh, they're lunatics, off, but they're off. awesome. They really are. But I'm like, it's, it's serious because there's no reason for us to continue to perpetuate this world where we have emotionally unavailable black men. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. and men in general, honestly, but I think in particular, black men black for men. sure have learned one, not to be in tune with their emotions, to just kind of be passive in certain areas and then super aggressive in others. Right. And it's like, that's so unnecessary. We're going to do a whole episode on, and I'm going to bring you back in for this one, um, the emotionally unavailable man mm. and the emotionally unavailable woman. Because mm-hmm. we forget that us as women are emotionally unavailable oh, yeah. too and wonder why he's not falling in love with us. Yes. And we're like, oh, but I'm, I'm, I'm open, willing, and ready. And really, you're not. But you're not. <laughs> Some of us women are not vulnerable like we yeah. should be and operating from fear. Mm-hmm. And men are not even conscious of the fact that they may not even know how to, they may not even know how to articulate their emotions mm-hmm. and that not be a pattern or behavior that they learned growing mm-hmm. up. So I'm going to bring you in for a whole episode Ooh, around that because we got to break some of those barriers down to. too. We have to. We're going to have to have more communication around that. Like, like seriously, we, it should not, that should actually be a part of our date. Like, are you emotionally available? Yeah. <laughs> and, and the crazy part is people don't even know what that means. I know. I know. They're like, yeah, I'm here. No, no, no. No. But emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> can, can you comprehend I mean, I, I can tell you if I'm sad, but can you? And, and I want us to do, <laughs> I want us in that episode, you guys, I promise you I'm going to bring this to you, give you vocabulary around emotions. Mm. Like I have a list of like 2,000 emotions and that way we, our go-to just won't be anger, hurt, mm-hmm. disappointment, and fear. Like I feel like those are the only ones that we really lean into versus mm. a million other expressive ones that can really showcase you know that Mm -hmm. there's many facets to you but this is how you bring them out of your partner this is how you express them and this is how they can express them to you have you ever asked a person how they feel all the time and then they come back with well i think um i said feel man oh my god you want to believe like they will walk you through the experience yes and incidents from an analytical standpoint but not the emotional Points. And Listen. that is something that is that has to be taught. It is so powerful. I'm like, well, let's rewind that because I didn't ask you what you think. I, I didn't ask you for felt. the the play by play, the details. How did you feel? Mm-hmm. And then I, I sometimes I get, well, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by that? Um, I mean emotions. <laughs> yeah, but it's like I think those that vocabulary is really important, right? Because. It's, it's equivalent to somebody speaking to you in Spanish and you're like... Yes, and you speak Chinese and it's yeah, we different. Can't, mm-hmm. We cannot speak because we don't have the language. Yeah, and that usually is what it is. So maybe we need to write like a second variation of the five love, love languages, mm-hmm. like the emotional languages or right? something for, for them. <laughs> okay, Kanita, I know that we have been blessed with your presence. We are going to have to bring you back in for these amazing... like episodes and information Mm -hmm. that you have to share. I love you to death. You're going to have to wrap up right now with us and give us the naked truth. Mm -hmm. If you could body swap with anyone for the day, who would you be body swapping with? If I could body swap with anybody for the day, Lisa Bonet. Ooh, that's a good one. Dang, my sister's going crazy over there because that is like (laughs) her idol. She loves Lisa Bonet. (laughs) So... In the spirit of full transparency, 
Her husband is everything. So you get the perks of sleeping <laughs> with her man. <laughs> I, need, I need to sleep with this man. <laughs> And you get a home pass because you're in Lisa Bonet right. for the and day. And Lisa Bonet is Lisa Bonet, right? So then you just hit on my second question of if you had to let a body on top of you. <laughs> I don't know if he could be on top of me, though. Oh, wait. Because he's really big. Ooh, okay. I might have to be on top okay, of him. Okay, Kenita, let me find out. You are a freak over here, hey, right? Hi. Fellas, if you're listening, email me at info at the spicy life for Kenita's info. I might I be am, able to set this up. I am single. <laughs> Okay, but would he be your go-to? Like, if you could just have a hall pass and mess with any man for the day, is that your celebrity crush you'd crush? He is. I have a couple of celebrity crushes, but he's... His name is Jason Momoa? Yes. Yes, okay. Oh, my God, he's so delicious. He is everything. My goodness. Everything. And my sister had told me a backstory about him that he wasn't, like, on and popping when Lisa found him. Mm-hmm. And then, like, but she was just loving on him, and yes. he was loving on her, and then he, like, blew while they were yeah. together. But isn't that what love does? It makes you a... A real love makes That's you That's called a purpose mate. Hello. You start to walk into your purpose with your partner. Yes. yes. Purpose mates. Hello. Listen, but you, you have to be comfortable with who you are mm-hmm. and not be intimidated, especially by a woman who has or is a little bit more than you at that time. Right. That's, that shows a level, level of vulnerability on his part. Makes me want to lick his chest even more. <laughs> Can we take turns? Can we take turns? Yes. That's okay. I'm fine with it. You know. Okay. And now you have to, as the last one, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Like, you have to give me, like, a DC Marvel comic book Ooh. superpower. Oh. Um, I think I would, I would have telekinesis. 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 I want to know what people are thinking, and I also want to control them. <laughs> I want people. The to fire do. department is coming for you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> does, do you they just, look like Jason Momoa? You are just too hot, girl. Because <laughs> they can come. But no, absolutely. So what I hear is that you want to read Jason Momoa's mind yes. and manipulate him to be under you. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you, Kanita, so much for coming Thank on. You. you are phenomenal. Uh, brilliant, brilliant mind. We have to have you back in the studio. Yes, Let everybody know where they can find you. So you can currently find me on Instagram. I am, what am I right now? Kanita Born. <laughs> <laughs> and that's born like the movies, like Jason, B-O-U-R-N-E on Instagram, Kanita. And I am Spicy Mari. You guys can always play with my Twitter or stroke my IG at Spicy Mari. Go to thespicylife.com. Also, click subscribe, download this episode, share it with someone who needs to be blessed with this information. And there you guys have it. You have just been spiced. The Spicy Life.